we've struggled a little bit at the end of the season in the front row and our depth chart was just getting a little bit thin. Now it's got an awful lot thinner. Ironically, might have a weaker sub bench on the front row than a Leinster would have. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Alan Quinlan there was speaking to me a little bit earlier on from Auckland. Now Rory O'Connor, rugby correspondent of the Irish Independent, is in studio with me. Rory, has a form? Hey John, how's it going? Not bad. So we recorded that a bit earlier on, Rory, and the information at the time was that Johnny Sexton was out because of this HIA. Uh, Andy Farrell now is saying that he's passed a second assessment and isn't ruled out of next week's test. You're the expert here. What's the situation in your view? Well, yeah, my understanding was that if you came off with a head injury and, and failed the HIA, you then went into a 12-day stand-down period under the new World Rugby Protocols, which have changed. You, you used to be able to, if you passed all of your markers, pitch up the next week and play. And we've seen, you know, that was quite controversial. We've seen a you know, uh, bit of criticism of that over the years. But um, So World Rugby have stepped in and changed it. But what Andy Farrell said, I have the quotes here. Um, Johnny's good, he's in fine spirits. He's just passed his HIA 2, so he's got a HIA 3 to do in the next couple of days and he's in good form in there. And he's later clarified because they, pr- they pressed him on it in the press conference. He said, because, um, you know, why didn't he come back on if he's passed in this HIA too? So because they tested him and deemed him not fit to go on, but there's all sorts of different tests to that, that, to, to go on. You can stumble in your studs, you know, and not go off. Johnny's fine in there. HIA two is passed. HIA three will hopefully be passed in the next few days. If that happens, it's concussion, not confirmed. So that is the RFU. That's that's what Andy Farrell is the RFU spokesperson in this regard. He's done the press conference, and that's the explanation he's given. And I think what he's saying is that basically there's that Johnny Sexton has not been concussed or that they think at this stage that Johnny Sexton has not been concussed and thus should be fit to play in seven days' time. I think if you're in line with the World Rugby Protocol and if you are as firm in your commitment to player welfare as the RFU say they are, I would question whether it's the right thing to do. Uh, I would also look at the way they collapsed once Johnny Sexton got injured and say there's an absolutely pressing need to get it back up you know, for the team to learn how to play without him because if this happens in a World Cup quarter final the, the show is over and this is a perfect opportunity to say Johnny sorry, you know, look you've got to stand down we'll, we'll get you back for test three and we're going to look after you because you've got a history of these things as well and we're going to start Joey, Joey Kirby this week and we're going to put Kieran Frawley or Harry Byrne on the bench um, so in two regards I think it's a ba- it's, it, it would be a wrong decision I think they've got error on the side of caution obviously there's very good medics involved you know, he's getting the best of care Maybe just don't say anything. Maybe just don't say anything until a few days and wait and see. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I I wonder. I suppose he was asked, "Will he be available, or is he ruled out of next week?" And he said, "No." I mean, he has to answer the question, and he is. You know, he's a reason. You know, he's he's pretty good at answering questions. Andy Farrell, he generally fronts up to where, um, and that's where he thinks things are. Um, I mean, I I do remember he got concussed in the Wales game in the opening game of the twenty twenty six Nations. Maybe it was twenty twenty one, and he did the press conference that week. They were playing France the following week, and they stood him down eventually. Okay, you know, they they. They won't play him if they think yeah, okay. that there is a risk. At the same time, he won't be able to train fully next week, is my understanding. So for, for, you're on the back foot, and you've got Joey Carberry there. Would you not come out and say, if it doesn't, even just kind of say, Joey Carberry, if he plays number 10, we back him. Like we're, we're making the same mistakes we've made in the last two World Cup cycles. When Ian Madigan was thrown into the quarterfinal, having started four games in the entire World Cup cycle, three of which were against Tier 2 opposition, and the other one was against Scotland in a World Cup warm up. And uh, four years ago, or sorry, three years ago in Japan, where Jack Carty started against Japan, having never started a, world, a, a game for Ireland up until the World Cup warm-ups. 
how I just don't understand how we're getting to this. We're point. not in a in a, a proper position of transition, which we're going to have to anyway because Johnny's retiring anyway. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, Andy Farrell's looking at that as next year, next the next World Cup cycles problem. But yeah, you, know, you got to learn from your history. Johnny Sexton is excellent, but he's too important to this team. They're too reliant on him, and he will be 38 at the World Cup next year and if he makes it through brilliant That's it's a great news story and all of us who've been warning about this for years will eat our words and Johnny Sexton will be the hero and like that that's brilliant I mean I'd be delighted to be wrong but you've got to be ready for the eventuality you know Farrell will point to the fact that Carberry was out for his first year he'd say he started in France this year and he got that experience he's got you know 60 minutes against the All Blacks in Eden Park and he played well but although he played well and did his job really really well once Sexton went off the standards of the team slipped and they started making loads of mistakes they started they lost their, their strategic direction they didn't re- react to the fact that the game was getting against them they kept trying to play the same game plan and I think if Sexton's there he reads the game he, like he's, he's got a great feeling for the game and he slows things down or he, he goes to a kick focus and he, and he changes things up and I really think like we saw this morning where are like one of the major red red um, alarm bells of this team is that they're too reliant on Johnny Sexton and presented with an opportunity to uh, relinquish that reliance or, or you know uh, reduce that reliance they're doubling down on Johnny Sexton again and they're undermining like they're sending out the message that we don't trust Joey Carberry and it's just I just feel like we're sleepwalking towards another World Cup quarterfinal exit uh, and it's going to be the same story again and I'm sick of it like it's just like you know we've got to learn these lessons like David News 4 is sitting beside Andy Farrell in the coaching box I don't know why the RFU performance director he should be seeing these things as well Okay, Rory O'Connor is going to have more with us after the news about Ireland's defeat to New Zealand, uh, 42 points to 19 in the first test in Auckland earlier on today. Um, we've got a break for the news. What did you think of the performance, folks? Many texts coming in on 53106 here and Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. Don't go away because we're back after the news. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us 53106 or reflecting on Ireland's 42 19 defeat to New Zealand in the first test in Auckland with Rory O'Connor, rugby correspondent of the Irish Independent. Our rugby coverage, thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team, team of us, everyone in. It was almost a mirror image of November, wasn't it, in a way, Rory? Um, just the ruthlessness of the All Blacks. It's hard to win there. 1994 is a long time since they got beaten at Eden Park. And any time we made a mistake, they just punished us. Yeah, and I think the problem for Ireland, what will really be, they'll beat themselves up about, is that they made a lot of mistakes. And they, they undermined. They did, like they, they're doing the hard part well. Like they're doing the, Their attack is very slick and caused the All Blacks all sorts of problems. And they got ahead. And after 20 minutes, I thought, you know, the crowd was very quiet. I mean, Eden Park, I mean, for all its reputation, it's not a very intimidating stadium. It's quite quiet. You know, it's quite corporate, quite quiet. And it was, you know, they'd kind of lost interest at that point. You know, 20 minutes in, Ireland were on top. The All Blacks were, were looked like they were struggling. And, you know, you've, you've got on top of a team that lost their last two matches that's under pressure with a coach under pressure that's had a COVID outbreak all week you just got to take you know just keep your foot on the floor and score 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 and they scored five points for, and got no reward for their dominance and then they lost sex and then they started making mistakes and the Obelix got one really high quality try and Severis runs the length of the pitch um, in that moment where Sexton get, gets injured and, and then Ireland just started they lost their way altogether they, they got really headless and they started making really bad errors and one team you can't make errors against is, is New Zealand Do they not just need to slow it down a bit? I 
think that's what they missed. That's what I'm talking about when, when I think that's what they missed with Sexton because you know Gibson Park took a quick tap penalty at a time where really they just needed to take a breather, put it down there, kick and, it. And, and, no, it, was, it was beyond the it was beyond Carby's range, but they just needed to kick it down to the corner and you know play out. You know they they have the attack game to to score tries against New Zealand. Trust it. Um, now Gibson Park's a, a tempo player. He's there for his tempo and it works. So you don't want to take away his strengths. But you're at the end of a long season. Um, you know you're you, you, they're at the start of their season. You got to manage the game a little bit. You're on top of the game. Take control. And um, you know after New Zealand scored a couple of scores and the momentum was firmly in their favour, he went himself from his own twenty-two at a time. You know, and, and I thought he had a good game largely, but there were two bad decisions that just summed up a lack of someone kind of saying, "Hang on a second, the momentum's going against us now. Let's take a knee. Let's go down injured." Get the physio like you lose a contact lens. Do something. Um, we saw it already. Surveyed um, in the second half when Ireland were on top of, of of New Zealand, there was a warning, and I said, hey, "Can I talk to the? Can I talk to my players?" Got to be bought this team forty five seconds to a minute of just get a breather on their own line, and and they held out. So it's just a bit of game management, a bit of nous. And I think when they lose Sexton, they lose a lot, an awful lot of that, and that's that's a real concern for me because. That game was there to be won. There are no other experienced hands who can There's step loads in. Of them. Yeah, there is, but they just seem to defer so much. I mean, James Ryan, um, before Sexton's 100 cap, I remember asking James Ryan what, what makes him stand out, you know, because was, he was the story of the week. And James Ryan said, when Johnny's not around, you can feel that training is just isn't the same as it is. And you're like, it's a nice thing to say about Johnny, but at the same time, it's a terrible reflection on everyone else that they need Johnny to get have their standards that high. And, you know, I don't want to kind of harp on about him too much because there is other stuff at play, but it's it's a major red flag with this team, and and it shouldn't be that way. They're just too reliant on one man to set the tone. Now, like a man, he's leader, and a man, he played very well today, but no one seems to be able to raise the standards in the same way as Sexton does. And losing him was really important this morning. It wasn't the only reason they lost. I mean, set piece was poor, and um, some of their tackling was poor. Like Sexton can't do everything for them anyway, but like it was just a. It was pretty stark, I thought, this morning. And even and again, what we were talking about earlier about the fact that they want them back for next week, it just speaks to the reliance on this one yeah, charismatic yeah, I figure. get what you're saying now in, in that regard. Like Aaron Smith, some of his passes, like Savea, like there was a moment in the second half we just cut Ireland to ribbons. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got that individual brilliance. Yeah. And they will get better. But, the, you know, this was an opportunity because they were, it was their first game. They've had the the, 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 the difficulties of their build-up. They've had, you know, they're relatively low on confidence. They're at a low ebb relatively for where they normally are. Now, they're still always really dangerous. And they're still a really, really good team. Like I don't think they're not much better than Ireland at the moment, and that's what will disappoint Ireland. There was a there was a shot at history this morning, and they made the the start. They did the difficult part. They got the start. Their attack caused all sorts of problems, but they didn't take their chances. And when they when it went against them, the floodgates opened, and that's a real because that happened against the Maori as well in the, in the second quarter. They they lost. And it was a much different team, but they lost their way. And you go back to the World Cup review and that talk about performance anxiety and and the mental skills of this team. They got rid of uh, Enda McNulty after the World Cup, and then they didn't replace him. And then they brought in Gary Keegan um, halfway through the cycle, and you know he's a kind of a part-time consultancy role. You just wonder whether they've solved some of the problems that are there again. Another um, World Cup review failing that doesn't seem to have been addressed properly. What have happened? Somebody might say, "Well, we beat the All Blacks last November. We were second in the Six Nations. We pushed pushed France really closely in in, in Paris." And we were in form. And, um, and look, this Ireland are a very, very good team who showed against... What we're criticising them is that they're, they're not playing to their potential because they're, they, 
did all those things. Now, a lot of those achievements are at, were at home. I know they won a Twickenham against 14 men, but their scrum was destroyed. Paris was a good performance. The All Blacks was a brilliant win, but you know it, it was at home. And you, you don't diminish those achievements, but you now expect them to kick on. If they're going to achieve at the World Cup, they've got to be able to live in this company because they're playing either New Zealand or France in a World Cup quarterfinal. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, at the moment, I think Ireland are probably about fourth or fifth in the world. They're a bit off the top three. They're capable of taking anyone on their day. But when all things are equal and everyone's kind of equally prepped, there are a couple of fundamental issues that are going to underline Ireland when it comes to the World Cup next year. And I don't think... Some of them I don't think you can solve because the personnel aren't there to do it. Some of them I think they're almost willfully refusing to see the, the issues there in the first place. And we're just, I think, sleepwalking towards the same result as, as ever. Quarterfinal defeat. I don't think we got a prayer at the World Cup. Um, because well, we I have th- a prayer, John. Because we can, I, we know we can beat. So Ireland can beat New Zealand. Ireland can beat France. We know, we know this. And France will be under enormous pressure if it is France. Um, I, I, I think this is going to end the same way. I don't think it's a vintage. I don't think Ireland are as good as done as good a team as they had in 2019. Anyway, like I think this is not. They're they're playing above themselves almost. They've a re- they've a really good team, capable of great performances. I think they can take anyone out in their day. Like Wales have been to a couple of semi finals with teams that are arguably less talented than this Irish team. I don't think they haven't got a prayer. I just think that you know if Porter goes down, Furlong goes down, or Sexton goes down, it's all it's all off the table. That front row. So Porter was on for the whole game. Furlong was on for seventy minutes. That is a glaring. Especially when they're, they're playing the Obex next week and the game was over after at half time. So there's an, if you trusted your backups, you'd whip the two of them off and get them fresh for next week. But they couldn't because Keane Healy, I think, wasn't fit. He, he was he was there in case of emergency. He got injured on Wednesday. They probably would have played Finley Balam, but he off the, and Tom O'Toole off the bench. I think they might have whisked Healy out of, out of, off the bench if if they had been available. But Balam um, went down with COVID, so they had to pick him. But it just showed he wasn't fit. He got injured on Wednesday. Um, it's amazing they were able to select him at all. Um, but Tom O'Toole, I suppose, you know, that was the biggest game of his life and they were unsure about putting him in in that company. But, you know, if he's in the Ireland squad and he's an Ireland player, you got, that, that's what he's there to do. you got to trust him to do that job and especially when the result is gone. I know you don't want to lose by a record score and, and things go really hard wrong and you don't want to damage the player either. But you need Furlong fit for next week. You've just, like, those guys are going to be really drained Monday, Tuesday, next week to try and build up towards next Saturday when you need them again. And then, you know, Sheehan... Um, Sheen nearly went pretty much went to 80 because Dave Heffernan came on and got, got a head injury and had to come off again so that's like your three front rows with very little cover have a lot of mileage in, in this week and they, they got to go again next week whereas the All Blacks have resources and, and seem to trust their bench an awful lot more Is there a depth obviously there's a depth issue in the front row is that something we can you know improve in the next 18 months? No because you can't go out and sign somebody and what you well, you, you what you do is you hope well, you work your ass off on all the options who are there to try and improve them to the level where they're able to come in and affect the game. But like Tom Furlong, for example, was 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 it obvious that he was going to be yeah, the man? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, he was earmarked from a long way out. He went to the twenty fifteen World Cup as as the kind of la- the the bottom prop as almost a development experience. And then they were able because they had Mike Ross, they were able to kind of bring him in. But there's no Tyke Furlong or Andrew Porter really. There are players who are maybe 18, 19 who are there, but this World Cup cycle is probably too soon for them. Um, injuries an issue. I mean, like you know, you would have had Dave Kilcoyne on this tour if he wasn't injured. So I mean, he will come back into the mix. But again, he's thirty three or thirty four now. Um, you know, it's it's a light area. We don't produce men of that size, you know, very easily. So um, you're just you're looking at you know you're looking at kind of the, the options across the problems. Even when they're looking at calling up Ed Burns, Ed Burns 
for barely feature for Leinster any big games this season. You know, Michael like, Bent was training. Wasn't Michael Bent was yeah, but that was that was kind of a needs more season yeah, in the yeah, area yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, they had Conan O'Donnell, the Sligo prop, who plays over there as well. He was in training before the Mary game, I believe. So they're they're basically being smart and going. We've an Irish guy here. Let's get him in for a few days. But like you know, Michael Bent's thirty six and he's pretty much retired. Um, and Edburn will arrive, but it's uh, it's worrying. It's really worrying because you know Furlong was showing signs of, of stress towards the end of the season with his back Porter I believe is carrying something and that's probably undermining what he's able to do in the scrum it's his first season as a professional loose head as well he only made the switch he was picked as a tight head on the Lions tour last year and now he's starting for Ireland the number one jersey and going 80 he's such an important player for them now so it's an area of, it's definitely an area of concern but it's it's not an easy fix Positives then in the team today Well the, the, I think the reason to be so frustrated is because there was positives there was loads of positives the way they started the game was exceptional the, the try they scored after a couple of minutes through Keith Earls was really really good their handling was good their accuracy was good um, they did it again in the second half they put together some better like their attacking phase play was better than New Zealand's New Zealand just had this incredible ability to strike um, and to make the most of your mistakes and create something out of nothing whereas Ireland actually created an awful lot so their attack is really really good and that's supposed to be the hardest part of the game to do um, their line and scrum you would imagine is fixable I mean the scrum there is a size part of it but there's also a technique part of it and you you know channel one just get it in and out if you know you're going to be under pressure do it really quickly get it in and out just st- solid stable and out obviously on, your, on, on their ball you're in trouble but New Zealand are generally a positive scrummaging side who want to play off it as well, well I wasn't expecting the scrum to be a problem on this tour I think it's more South Africa France. or France yeah yeah. Well, that's a bit of a worry that New Zealand are applying that pressure as well line out again fixable um, there are good players in the squad who could bring in to freshen things up like Jordan Larmer potentially Ryan Baird is a big impact player some like Joe McCarthy the young guy from Leinster he didn't go, go great against the Maori but he has a lot of size a lot of power and we're you know they're over there to find out about these guys. Well, that's what we uh, found out with Dan Sheen. Dan Sheen has become a bigger player now, hasn't he, in the last year? Yeah, yeah, and and like he had to bide his time. So Roland Kelleher, you know, Herring was there to start, then they promoted Kelleher, and then it was Kelleher and Herring, and then after a while, Sheen has nudged Herring out out of the. And it, they they are missing Roland Kelleher an awful lot because I think he is a big scrummaging uh, hooker, whereas Sheen is is an incredible athlete, but he has a, a bit of a way to go at the elite level in the scrummaging, yeah. and that's that's part of the depth problem. That's. You know they've backed him now, and he's getting incredible experience. And it's better he's making. No, he's not even making mistakes, but he's learned. You know himself and Porter and Furlong as a front row will benefit from this experience. It's, you know they will be better for the fact that they've come against the All Blacks three weeks in a row, um, and that is part of it. Like you know, if you're making mistakes, as long as you're learning from them, um, it's it's uh, it's it's good. It's just some of the solutions seem beyond them. Like you know, like they just can't magic up a world class another world class front row. They're not using their bench an awful lot. I think they could get more out of that. And Carberry went well. You know, I know I I I said when Sexton went off, standards dropped. But I thought individually Carberry was very good and he, he looked really dangerous in attack. They got over the New Zealand line I think five times without scoring, if not more. I mean, that's a lot of opportunities that they created and they just need to, fi- to finish them if they finish them it's a, t- it's a much tighter game so there were positives there and it, you know it wasn't they could have folded at half time you know they just conceded 28 points in 20 minutes yeah. and they won the second half it's, just, it's, just, it's not worth anything to them except for the fact they didn't get hammered out the gate um, everybody was agreeing by the way with my thought that uh, we haven't part of the World Cup that's, ah. just, that's just people on t- piling on on Twitter so uh, it'll listen. be the don't, moment where we least expect it I mean the, like the, 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 the closest the, Ireland have ever come was in 1991 where we yeah. were like, the most amateur <laughs> that we've ever been now we were at home it, 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 it didn't you're right help. though in the Michael Lina game yeah. oh, that, was, uh, yeah. that still has scars I think in many people's minds yeah. um, I think we could, we could capable of winning a quarter final but it's then winning three games is the issue look a lot has to go right you know uh, the, the big thing going for them is that they play South Africa and they've got a two week break before they play Scotland and then it's week on week on week so they should be able to 
get enough together to beat whatever happens against South Africa. And look, they can beat anyone. They're, they are good enough to beat anyone in the world. They are a really, really good team. They're just shallow. And if they lose one of three players, they're in major trouble. And I think with with the out half one, it's that's of their own making because they do have options and they're refusing. But the props to use is, is more props. I just there's a now Tom O'Toole could come out, come out, you know, benefit from the experience, and then he becomes a really good tight head prop, and and that takes the pressure off Furlong. Lou said just the age profile of the reserves is, is, is a big concern So, um, and they've had a lot of guys in and they just don't seem convinced by them because you also have to be able to like, scrummaging is the main, main part but you also have to be able to play the passes that Furlong and Porter do and do all the other stuff that, that that's part of it so that is, that is a, a major concern but look you know I there's if they had the 15 that went out today and put it up to the All Blacks if they had them in a World Cup quarterfinal next year with a better bench like, there's no reason why they, they can't it's, it's getting to that point with those players is the concern yeah, five three one zero six. As far as the rugby goes today, I think this Leinster experiment has gone badly wrong. Time to pick from all four provinces is one of our textures. I think we got to look at the post-sex in Ireland. Says another, uh, we're too reliant on him. Not sure if Carberry's the answer, though. We did okay today. I think we did well overall today. Some hope for next week. Peter Manny, excellent, but also coming to the end when looking at eighty minutes for the World Cup. Question mark. Uh, she and great all round. Henshaw great in the second half. Says Tommy and Cork. Uh, hey folks, can we look at the referees' decisions on scrums and Josh van der Flair getting smashed at a number of rooks? The All Black scrums seemed to get that reset every time they were under pressure and hit the deck when we got a penalty against very similar to the Mary game um, just uh, I saw kind of a lot of stuff on Twitter about some of the refereeing decisions yep. was, was, was that a legitimate comment? Yeah I think it was um, I don't think it was the reason New Zealand won the game um, but certainly Scott Barrett should have been sent off he um, made clear contact with Josh van der Fleer's head of the rook uh, with no arms involved either and it was penalty only and they didn't go upstairs for it Um I won't, yeah, the New Zealand TV director was very selective in what he showed afterwards. There was another one where O'Mahony was like, please, you know, go back and look at what happened to Josh van der Fleer earlier. And they didn't go back and look. And I, I rewound it to try and see and couldn't get a clear picture of it. Um, but it looked like he, he, he was certainly hit, smashed at a rook, but I don't know what, how legal it was. Um, yeah, the scrum, like, you know, the scrum is so inconsistent across referees, but you got to, like, you got to adapt to that. Like, it's not, the ref isn't going out to whistle Ireland off the park. He's seeing pictures that he doesn't like and he's he's reacting to them and it's up to Ireland to solve that problem. And part of the, one thing coaches do is they bring on the subs because they paint a different picture. Ireland aren't doing that. So that's that's a major issue. Um, the ref was, I think his interpretation of the breakdown, frustrated, I think Quinney alluded to the fact that Ireland are pretty frustrated about what the ref was doing. I mean, even Joey Carberry's try probably should have stood. If not, I thought it was a harsh high tackle call, but it probably was a high tackle. And if it was a high tackle, then it's penalty a penalty try. try. Yeah. But again, you're chasing the game at that point. You know, you've already, you know, really the referee had nothing to do with the 28 points that Ireland conceded in succession. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the game. fundamental that's the, problem. Yeah. But the ref was, and it is major frustration at this level of rugby when, when the refereeing isn't great. What does uh, Farrell and uh, his coaching team do now over the next few days? Is there, is it just what they normally do to prepare a team for another test, or are there kind of techniques? Are there, do they let them just uh, have a couple of days off? Or no, I think it's it's too early in the tour. I think they usually do that maybe in the last week to kind of just release the steam at this this or blow off some steam at this stage of the season, but. Um, I believe they're staying in Auckland for a couple of days which means they're not going to travel until later in the week they're going down to Dunedin the tip of the South Island and while the weather's been quite benign in, in Auckland it, it could be quite hairy down there because it's next up Antarctica um, they'll just review it I think, like it is like it was it was a bad defeat in terms of the scoreline the fact they conceded six tries Peter Manny was quite positive actually yeah, after he was the game very, I, I was, I was, I was a very that. interesting interview he was very positive and, and I think that's the way they'll feel they, like, they feel like that was within their grasp that's what will annoy them this week that they've, they, it was their own mistakes that let New Zealand into the game and if they can tighten up things up I think Quinny said it as well 
and and control what you know control the ball when they have the ball not like gift tries to New Zealand they've got to learn these lessons but the, the problem is that you know the Mary show the Mary game showed what what could go wrong and things go wrong and they didn't really learn that lesson and you know I think it, like personally I think they should back Carberry and say to Sexton look you get yourself right for te- for Test three and just go in with a really positive mindset maybe freshen up the team maybe bring in a Jordan Larmer to give them a different picture to look at I mean Keith Earls has gone 100 sorry he didn't go 80 today I mean, it was weird he, I don't know why he played 80 against the Maori if he was going to be starting the test on Saturday I thought it was a really strange call um, but yeah I think it's a pretty normal week I got, like, there's no reason to panic based on today I know they could see the 6 tries and it was a big score but they did a lot of stuff right It's just that's what happens when you get things wrong against the All Blacks um, they've still got a very good chance against uh, down in Dunedin on, on Saturday and I don't think there's any reason to panic just yet So Carberry and Larmer anybody else that you'd like to see? Yeah I'd like to see Bird involved in, in some frame I mean Tigburn will benefit like Tigburn hasn't played since six, the Six Nations and he was quiet compared to his normal self but like he'll benefit from the fact that he got 60-70 minutes in there but I really think Bird gives you something different coming in off the bench he's such a brilliant athlete like I would like to see them try a 6-2 split on the bench and pack a lot of power I know Bundyaki almost does that job anyway I mean they could look to freshen it up with him he was very good off the bench today the centres were good as well maybe that works having him on the bench but like I wouldn't go swinging swinging an axe in, in there you know I think it's it's uh, it, it was a good team effort that went to, went awry I think you, you almost backed them to go and learn their lessons this week 53106 looks like Ireland are not going to get into another World Cup semi-final next year New Zealand are a different animal at home and in the World Cup everybody's just so you know that's the way we work we <laughs> well, win I think when you, when it, like it's become such a self-fulfilling prophecy I think and I, I do think it's when we least expect it it'll be like yeah, you know, yeah. the time that they I don't know the players revolt like England in 2007 like you know that, that's when it will happen <laughs> all this stuff about you know the stuff we talk about with planning is going to go yeah, yeah it's yeah. all it'll be just on the day yeah, yeah. Um, uh, thoughts on bringing Marty Moore to cover Tidehead also could, injured. W- could we convert Callagher to lose head played in school college to provide more depth says Ronan potentially yeah I mean Moore's injured at the moment so that's that's another one off scratched off but they've never really liked the look of Marty Moore I think if they got him in for a World Cup pre-season and got him right they, he could be an asset for them he's a very good scrummager like Andy Warwick up in Ulster is a good scrummager he doesn't do an awful lot else but he could have done a job for them over there but they went with this philosophy that anyone who comes has to be a World Cup a viable World Cup contender I wonder if they will regret that in the end because they only were 40 players and they're already they've had to call up three from their holidays which um, hasn't worked out very very well So, but they've gone with Ed Byrne ahead of the starters in other provinces because he knows the system and, and he's probably more the kind of player they want but he's, Lancer's third choice but loose head it's not an ideal, ideal scenario and it speaks to maybe a lack of alignment from you know, we t- the system gets a lot of credit for being aligned but you know, the guy who started out half on, on Wednesdays, the number 12 at Leinster, they're bringing out Leinster's third choice um, uh, loose head prop t- today. You know, it's like it's it's a bit muddled. Uh, we need Bulk and Gavin Coombs. The answer is Doris was anonymous. Is yeah, Dennis and Wexford. In fairness, Doris didn't have a great game and, and Coombs would look very, very sharp on Wednesday. So, I, you know, Doris is a brilliant player, but maybe Coombs off the bench is, is, is a good option. Like Jack, Jack Conan... You know, he was on the lines last year. That's been a long shift. So was Byrne. You, you wonder whether these lads, that's in their legs as well. Um, Conan maybe could do it a rest and come get him back fresh next season. And Coombs give you something different. You know, he certainly gave the New Zealanders something to think about coming off the bench for the last twenty minutes, half an hour. I wouldn't drop Doris. Though. I think Doris is too good, um, and has an awful lot to offer. Look, everybody wants to play for Ireland. Everybody, I'm sure, is buzzing going down there. They're very well after, as Quinny said. But uh, you know, be a long season, and even like the, for the Leinster lads, like psychologically, it was a tough end of the season mm. is that in any way a factor yes I think so yeah I think it has to be 
they're questioning themselves and there was moments that reminded me like there was a time where Sexton and Keenan got the ball in the backfield and it almost reminded me of that moment in La Rochelle, or in the, the game in Marseille where they got their lines crossed and basically invited the, the La Rochelle pressure on they got out of the system but I was like you know that's in their heads you know they, they, they've lost two really big games and that confidence that they had you talked about the New Zealand game into the Six Nations and the Triple Crown that has to have been eroded um, and you start second guessing yourself and you're a long way from home and you've been you know you've got your holidays coming up and you're you know, you can only ring your family between a certain time of the day because the time zones are really awkward and it gets dark at five or six o'clock. So you've lost heavily. If things go badly this week, I think that, that will start kicking in for the following week. Um, it becomes a problem when you're asking big front row players to play 70, 80 minutes, I think, because they've got a lot of mileage on their desk. Now, they're well looked after, all that sort of stuff. But I think there's a point in that. Their confidence has been rattled and they're at the end of a long, long season and that they can see the finish line and that can be a dangerous thing. And I think if you look at the history of Ireland's, certainly pre-Joe Smith if you look at the history of Ireland's uh, final games on tour it's not a pretty picture and 60 nil is the, 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 the one that stands out in the big flashing lights there and that is you know, I kind of feared that that was the biggest first half deficit today since that yeah. um, you know two weeks time we just wonder what shape they'll be in so um, but you hope like that the, they've moved on from those days where they can keep focus for another week and it's part of the World Cup but there's worries like there's definitely worries we've hardly mentioned his name Joe Schmidt <laughs> yeah it was hard to know what influence like, really, like you know, Foster was back he it's, 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 it's a nice headline it I kicked think, an awful week. lot in the first half so I wonder if it was, the, it was that part of it but um, certainly like having him in there can't, can't but help them I, I, I think his role will be reduced but he's definitely in the background he's, he's definitely pulling some strings there and that, that, like he will be a central figure for them over the years um, but yeah no he, he kept low profile today there wasn't much uh, footage of him going around no he wasn't in the, it was the, they usually have the three of them don't they in a row yeah, and yeah. Uh, he wasn't in the camera shot yeah he's in the shadows uh, Australia beating uh, be, just narrowly was it two points well like they they Conceded two late tries, so they actually ho- they they hockeyed England, and then Harry Arundel, the London Irish winger, came on and just changed the game. But it was too late to, to win the game. But um, and, you know, Australia were down to fourteen men for a long time in that game. There was a, um, a second row headbutted. Um, I've forgotten both of their names. Uh, there was a headbutt, and the Australian yeah. player was was dismissed. And um, they showed incredible spirit. They looked like a really good team. They scrummed England off the park, and they have now put incredible pressure. Darcy on Swain their and Johnny Hill. Friend. Yes, that's it. Um, I was working while watching the game, so I wasn't giving. Well, I just read it off. I just read it off because I was. <laughs> um, but it just they've, put, they've heaped incredible pressure on Eddie Jones now. Their old friend is down there, and he's under enormous pressure now. If they don't win this, if they if they don't win the second test, uh, the, or, or if you got the, the finger line, on the trigger, do you think? He's very powerful in there and you wonder whether they, they are starting to think could they do what South Africa did with Razi Erasmus in the last World Cup cycle and could they you know Scott Robertson's going to be in town to coach the, the Babas in November the Crusaders coach is it time I mean has Eddie just has he run out of ideas it's, it, it, they've been really poor for two years now they, had, like, they, they were so good in that World Cup semi-final but that credit they didn't win it they didn't win it I know the, and, and, the, and, and he hasn't have to really it. had it since you know I mean yeah. the resources the players he has um, they were poor today and they were the, the Australia beat them well and, and deserved it and it sets it up I mean it was the, the, I love these three test series it's, it's probably the last time we're ever going to have them and I, I just think they're they take on the life of their own and why is that, that one's, um, they're going to go to this world series the kind of oh, yes, biannual yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of world cup style or not world cup but it's an annual the league, world yeah, champion yeah. Kind of thing. yeah league of nations kind of thing so that's going to replace the three test series which is really sad I really like these series I think they're really they take on the life of their own and uh, England Australia has something, like England down in Australia there's something really brilliant about that so Eddie Jones, the whole I think argument with him is well, forget about everything but the World Cup. But yeah. you can't really, can you? Well, you're putting a lot of faith in a guy to get it right in the night, and 
he has a very good track record, but he also burns out. You know, he's he, he he's so intense. He's burned through an incredible array of assistant coaches. I think he's had maybe on his third set of assistant coaches at this stage, if not more. And he's so intense. He's so demanding. He has a shelf. All coaches have a shelf life. Think of Joe in the last World Cup cycle. It didn't get that far. And I just wonder. He seems to have gone back to a lot of players he already discarded. You know, both Vinopolos were playing today, but they were they were thrown out with the with the rubbish like you know only a year ago. You know, so he's scratching around a bit. Um, now Arundel was really really good, and you wonder whether they found something there, and whether they, you know with Marcus Smith and they they can kind of gel that into something. But they're they're kind of scratching around for things, and it's very late in the World Cup cycle, and there is an outstanding candidate out there who was overlooked by the All Blacks, who has a point to prove, who wants to take the next step in his career, and. I mean, the Orphy are in a position where they can make an offer he, he, he can't refuse. So um, I think it's maybe a bit of watch this space there, you know. Finally, uh, I was looking at him in the television screen there earlier on in the studio, and the stock of Ronan O'Gara is quite high, isn't oh, yeah. it? The share price is very, really, really high at the moment. And, you know, he could be an England coach, he could be an Ireland coach. Yeah, well, he's he certainly left the, the door open for the Orphy if they, they wanted to come. I think Ronan's on his own. Um, He's marching to his own beat. I think there's kind of a like he's got it. He's he's taken every steps. He's built this career so cleverly. He, you know, he's even his media work like it's so impressive and it, it kind of keeps and it's his, open. It's very open. I thought he was really good this morning. I thought he, he kind of summed things up really, really well. Um, like you would hope, and David Nisvora has said that the the the. the Conversations are happening that there is a line of communication there to O'Gara. I mean, to me, he's the obvious next Ireland head coach. And if if they are, if you let him go to England, it's that's crazy like that's unless he thinks that somehow it's a way of uh, you know kind of preparing himself for the for the big job which to win the World Cup in England yeah, well, like, I mean, if you're a professional coach you kind of have to like we've got an English coach so why couldn't England have of an course, Irish coach you know, yeah. I, I know it would be very quite funny but also a bit controversial I think if he took it but you know why not you know like you can't you know, have Jack Charlton and, and Andy, Andy Farrell as kind of you know as our coaches and then give out when an Irishman goes over and does it over there but I, 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 we, just, we don't know what Andy Farrell's intentions are post. I think he's up. His contract's up in twenty twenty four. You know, he's going to do a year after World Cup. Now, obviously, that could be. There's a six month break clause in all these contracts. We don't know what he's going to do after World Cup. England will want them if they. If, if Eddie's gone after the World Cup, they may go after Farrell. Might open the door for O'Gara. O'Gara may feel it's not. The, it's not the right time. I think it probably is the right time. He's achieved an awful lot of La Rochelle already. And I think it would be an incredible appointment, you know, to get an, an iconic Irish, co- a former player who's turned himself into a world-leading coach, and who's also able, like, for for the brand, for the IRFU to have a spokesman who's that good and so open in the media would be would take them to another level as well. So yeah, no, he's um, his career has been fascinating so far, and the next the next stage will be even more more interesting. We've solved a lot here, Rory O'Connor from the Irish Independent. The World Cup next year, uh, the next Irish coach, and uh, we only have two tests to go. That's it. Cheers, John. Rory O'Connor from the Irish Independent uh, in studio with us, reflecting on Ireland's defeat to New Zealand, 42 points to 19 in Auckland this morning. We're back after the break here on Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk with our racing slot with Johnny Ward.